0: This is the first episode of the Double Trouble Podcast. My name is Kelly Francis and I am the recent mother of five month old twin girls and this podcast is an audio diary of what's going on in my life and how things are going with the girls. So I thought for the first episode I would recap uh, what happened during the pregnancy and what's happened up until this point. So my husband and I were married in November of 2003 and we decided after our one year anniversary that we wanted to start trying to have kids. We got pregnant immediately and found out the week before Christmas. We told both of our families at the Christmas celebrations and everybody was really excited and then about a month later I miscarried which was very devastating and we ended up getting genetic testing done by recommendation of my OB just for precautionary measures and the genetic testing came back that said that the baby had some really messed up DNA. So they were concerned that my husband Dan or I had our own problem with our DNA so they sent us for genetic testing to see if we were going to have trouble just conceiving altogether so from the day I got that phone call to when we actually got the test results back was about a month which was just a horrible month but we got the test results back and we were both completely fine so they have no idea what happened with the miscarriage just one of those things so then you have to wait a couple months before you're allowed to start trying again because they want you to heal and when we were finally allowed to start trying again we didn't get pregnant that first month and that was really scary then we did get pregnant the following month and we went in to have a very early ultrasound, around six or seven weeks, just kind of to calm my nerves because things had gone wrong the time before. And the ultrasound woman goes, you know, she says, well, why are you having this ultrasound so early? And we kind of went through what had happened. And she goes, well, I see two heartbeats this time. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> so, You know, we probably should have been a little prepared for the possibility of twins because my husband's mother is a twin and my grandfather had a set of twin sisters and my grandmother had a set of twin uncles, I believe. So anyway, it kind of runs in the family. So we were scared and excited when we found out it was twins, but mostly excited and most people were very excited. And then we just started kind of, you know, preparing for the possibility, you know, how are we going to handle this? But it was also... Then like this whole additional level of scariness because we were already pretty freaked about the miscarriage and, you know, we just wanted to have a healthy baby and there's all these complications that get added with twins and we were kind of scared. So then we found out that they were most likely fraternal because they had separate sacks. So that was encouraging because more of the problems happen with identical twins. But anyway, the pregnancy was pretty routine up until around New Year's. So I got pregnant. It turns out it was around Memorial Day weekend. So I made it to about seven months, which was New Year's, and everything was pretty much fine. I was still working. I really wasn't putting on too much weight. Like, everything was just skating along. And then I had Braxton Hicks contractions one night, and we went into the hospital, and they put me on. They gave me some shots of terbutaline, to try and calm things down and after I believe it was just two shots that first night things did calm down but my doctor asked me to stop working and put me on a pill form of the turbutylene, which gives you like the shakes especially in the beginning I mean after my body got used to it a couple weeks things were okay but it was kind of not the most pleasant thing in the beginning so I actually did work from home because I am or was a software engineer so that was kind of an easy thing to do at home so at least I had something to keep my mind occupied but I was basically just on bed rest. I mean, I was allowed to walk around some, but she didn't want me leaving the house really or doing anything. And then everything again, well, we ended up over that two weeks, we ended up in the hospital four times with, like, the contractions just kicked up more. And they'd put me on the, they'd give me a shot of the terbutaline and pump me full of fluids. One night we spent the whole night in the hospital And finally, my doctor said, okay, this is just, it seems like it's just Braxton Hicks because I wasn't dilating at all. It didn't seem like in any other manner was I getting closer to delivery. So she said, you know, just ride it out. If you're not in pain, if it's, you know, if it's truly labor, you'll know and come in. But if it's just kind of this continual, they're they're basically like painless contractions. Just ride it out. it will be fine. So we didn't go to the hospital anymore for a long time. And then at 36 weeks I was allowed to go off their tributaline and for that last two weeks they had me scheduled for non-stress tests for you know every other day just to make sure the babies were doing okay check their heartbeats especially because once I went off the medicine I was really I was contracting all the time I was contracting every three to five minutes all day every day and then those last two weeks things got really bad for me I put on about 20 pounds in water weight my legs swelled up my ankles swelled That was horrible you can't move your feet I just I didn't want to move. I felt horrible all the time. I went in on February 16th, which was a Thursday, because the swelling had just gotten extremely worse over, you know, night basically. I called the doctor and the doctor said, "Well, why don't you just go into the hospital because I'm going there to deliver a baby and they'll check you out, check your blood pressure, make sure, you know, it's not preeclampsia or something." So, we went in, and of course, by the way, our trip to the hospital is 45 minutes each direction if there isn't any traffic so every time we went to do one of these like get the tributaline shots or do a non-stress test or whatever it was a trek so we go into the hospital for the millionth time and because I happen to be in labor and delivery they just like went through all the routine stuff not just checking my blood pressure but they also check my cervix as part of this and I was three and a half centimeters dilated nobody knew not even me so the doctor said, well, forget it. Let's just, we'll give you some Pitocin and truly induce this labor and we'll just go for it. Now, I had always had the dream of a C-section because my mom had a C-section, my sister had a C-section, I just like understand C-sections. But um, the babies were both head down and the doctor kind of encouraged me to try and do it vaginally. So I, you know, got my courage together and decided, okay, this is what I was gonna do. So they induced me with Pitocin and, kept checking me checking me checking me it was taking me forever to dilate so fifteen hours later we went in thursday afternoon and it was Friday morning at some point when I'm finally getting you know nine and a half ten centimeters dilate so I'm finally allowed to start pushing so we start pushing and I push and I push and I push and meanwhile I'd had the epidural a long time ago <laughs> and in the middle of the night I started feeling some of the contractions so they put me on like more epidural medicine and that just made me completely immobile from the waist down so it got to be time to push and i couldn't really push effectively because i couldn't feel anything so they backed off the epidural medicine and i started feeling more of the pain again so they started kind of messing with the epidural eventually they did get like a happy medium where i wasn't really feeling the contractions anymore and i could push however one of the babies allegra was pushing up against my rib cage which was just hitting a nerve or something and it was between my shoulder and my rib cage was just like this excruciating pain that actually felt worse every time I pushed and that was just unbearable I have no concept of how women have babies vaginally with no epidural I just because I'm sure that pain is much worse just from the few contractions that I did feel anyway so I pushed for two hours and was not making too terribly much progress and then Allegra's heartbeat started getting what they called tacky which I now learned is basically just irregular so they just decided forget it we're going to go do a C-section which was very kind of frustrating after going through all that work but they like quickly got me prepped for the OR we went in there we had the babies and the babies were both fine and healthy Um, Allegra came out 5 pounds and 15 ounces and Ramsey came out 6 pounds 10 ounces so it was 37 and a half weeks Gestation at that point. Um, So they were pretty big babies. And then my recovery was bad for like the first day because I was so tired. I mean, I don't remember basically the whole first day of them being alive. Um, Dan was talking about there was a lactation consultant that came in that first day who I don't remember meeting. And he said I was like falling asleep as she was talking to me and they kept laughing because (laughs) I would just pass out as she was talking to me. So anyway, the first couple days were rough especially having the c-section it's just a a lot of trauma and something I was not at all prepared for it was so amazingly difficult I just like all I kept thinking was god I can't believe people do this again I can't believe people do this again of course now sitting in this perspective five months later it's like okay I could you know consider doing it again but god at the time it was horrible so Our biggest problem, I guess, at the hospital was that the babies were not, um, I was trying to breastfeed, and they were not latching on well. They couldn't suck very well. So we started all this craziness with we'd have them try and breastfeed just kind of to get them used to the motions, and then they gave us these cool little bottles called Habermans that are like teeny tiny, and they have like variable flow nipples, so it it makes it harder for them to get the um, milk out depending upon how you turn it so basically the whole idea is that it makes them work to get the milk so it's replicating to some extent breastfeeding so we were basically feeding them with formula through these bottles but then they would also get a chance to try and breastfeed although that wasn't really doing much for anybody so then I had to start pumping to get my milk production up so that whole process was just crazy we go home and I'm I was basically just continuing that and eventually Ramsey started Once my milk came in, Ramsey could really get a feeding out of me. So the whole game plan was to breastfeed every other baby, every other feeding. But Allegra wasn't really doing so well in the breast in the beginning, so I just did Ramsey for a week or so. until I really got things going. Then we started switching off babies, and then I'd say my willpower started to decline a little. And what I started doing was I was just pumping everything, and then I'd split the breast milk between the babies and mix it with formula. So they were both getting breast milk, they were both getting formula, but I wasn't breastfeeding most of the time because it was just making me crazy. And especially when I was, you know, my husband was only home for... I think basically he was there, including all the time in the hospital for about two weeks. But he was working from home part of that time, and you know he wasn't really at my disposal. Now my mom was there for a couple days. His mom was there for a couple days, um, and my mom kept stopping in to help and clean and stuff. So I had help, but I was basically you know trying to feed these babies on my own, and that was really difficult, especially when both of them were screaming for food. And you know how do you hold them and I experimented with a million different things of you know putting one baby in my lap and feeding with the bottle and breastfeeding the other one forget that I could not breastfeed one baby and bottle feed the other baby at the same time that just wasn't gonna happen so I would try and like breastfeed one baby and then bottle feed another baby and then that was too crazy so then I started just bottle feeding them both because I could do them at the same time and then I would pump afterwards but that was taking so long. I mean, it took me like an hour and a half to get through that whole process, and then an hour and a half later, we'd have to start over again. And I was tired, not getting sleep, and so anyway, a long story, a little shorter. I just eventually gave up the breastfeeding at six weeks, and we just went straight to bottle for both of them, and that's worked out pretty well for us. I think, like in retrospect, had I been a stronger person, I probably could have made it. And if. were to happen to me again in the future I would probably try again and we'll see what happens but at the time I just didn't think it was worth the hassle I guess so anyway now the way that I feed them is we're using the advent bottles because I had them to go with the advent breast pump and yada yada they seem to really like those and We've actually gotten, um, Advent makes this trainer bottle that is just one of their regular bottles, but it has handles, and the handles actually are the handles that they use on their sippy cups also, and the girls can hold on to these handles, so the girls are now just shy of five months, and we started the handles at around three and a half months and it took me a couple days to get them used to it but man they can like hold their own bottle now. So I just stick them in a boppy and you know hook their hands around the handles and then I kind of prop the bottle a little with a burp cloth because they don't get the angle quite right on their arm so that milks all the way in the nipple. So then I can stick both girls in boppies with their bottles and just sit there between them and just kind of tag team when one drops a bottle or whatever. So it's a lot easier now. So what else? Um, One of the things I did to prepare for the birth of the twins was, other than obviously get the nursery ready, yada yada, was we went to this place called Let's Dish, which I think a lot of people have heard of now. They're kind of spreading out across the United States. That you basically go there and it takes you two hours and you make all these frozen dinners. And they reheat either in the skillet or in the oven or in the crock pot. So you go and you make eight or twelve meals. So we did that twice before the girls were born we had like two months worth of food stocked up it was great and I would recommend that to anybody or whatever you can go to the store now and you can buy those crock pot meals in a bag or whatever just have stuff that's ready and all you have to do is stick it in the oven you don't have to do anything to it so now I guess I can talk about the girls Allegra was the little baby and she was um, baby A the first one to come out and Ramsey was the bigger baby and she was baby B when Allegra came out she's always kind of seemed a little bit developmentally a little bit less mature than Ramsey, um, who knows why. So she's always she was always kind of getting, you know, like, the tiny one. She didn't do so well breastfeeding. You're always really concerned about her. And then over the past couple of months, boy, if she hasn't kind of leapfrogged over Ramsey, and she actually weighs a pound more than Ramsey as of their last checkup, and she's such a little chub-chub. She's shorter than Ramsey, and she's heavier than Ramsey. so she's really like a chubby little baby. And Ramsey's kind of more tall and lean. And to me, they look absolutely nothing alike. But you wouldn't believe you get stopped in Target, and people think that they're identical. <laughs> I just don't see it, but whatever. And Allegra has... Basically blonde hair Ramsey has kind of strawberry hair, which is my color and when Allegra didn't have so much baby fat on her She had a very like long narrow face more like my husband and Ramsey has a much more round face like me So now that um, Allegra has so much baby fat around her cheeks her face looks more round So I can kind of see how they look more alike to people, but it's odd (laughs) Allegra seems a little more like the active one like she was the first one to roll over by a long shot she she rolled over at like two months the first time now she rolled over four times in one day and then we didn't see her roll over again for a couple weeks Um, and really even now neither of them roll over all that much they both rolled over to some extent and Ramsey rolled over the first time I think around three months but they don't do it a lot they just do it you know when they're in the mood but then when they started talking Allegra is like the big talker and now all of a sudden Ramsey is the big physical girl, so I'm trying to think when that actually started. Maybe around three months, they really started like jabbering more than just crying, really. <laughs> um, and Allegra does this cute little squeal stuff, but Ramsey does more. She either like yells or she laughs. She really out and out laughs, which I've only seen Allegra do a handful of times, and that's only been within the past couple of days, really. But it took Ramsey a good couple weeks behind Allegra before she even started any of that but in the meantime Ramsey was getting very physical and we got this thing called a jumperoo which is just it's kind of like a Johnny jump up or whatever one of those things that you attach to the door frame and one we got actually has its own frame that sits on the ground that doesn't attach to the door and you know they got a seat and they can jump around in it and Ramsey goes crazy on this thing it is the funniest thing to watch she just dances around and she's like you put her on one of those little play gyms where they kick at the toys above them and she sticks her feet up in the air and she'll grab the toys with her feet she grabs the toys with her hand she's very like physically together um what else Ramsey loves the pacifier she cannot be without her pacifier she loves it and it oh it's like the, the instant off switch if she's crying if she's bussing no matter what's going on i can stick the pacifier in her mouth and she's off like everything is fine Allegra has no such switch and she does not like the pacifier. She started spitting out the pacifier early at like a month at the latest. She really doesn't ever want to take it. On a rare occasion I can give it to her because it seems like she's been teething since she was born. (laughs) She's always wanting to rub stuff with her gums. And so if that's kind of kicking up, sometimes you can give her the pacifier and she'll chew on it. But That doesn't usually satisfy her. What usually satisfies her these days is she likes to chew on the nipple of the bottle when she's finished drinking. Like she'll even sit straight up and just hold the bottle with those handles and just chew on the nipple. It's kind of funny. (laughs) And I've gotten them some teething rings, but I think the teething rings are hard for them to hold. So they get frustrated with them because they drop them a lot. Ramsey always has her hands in her mouth, which is disgusting and drooly. Um, Allegra started that too, but Ramsey did that a lot earlier. And see, I think that Ramsey's had the same kind of gum issues as Allegra, but Ramsey's just not fussy like Allegra is. Allegra lets you know if anything in the world is wrong. she She's screaming. She is like on screaming immediately. And Ramsey will take so much abuse before she's screaming. She's even, like, if they wake up in the morning, Ramsay will usually sit there in her crib and kind of coo and, you know, play around and look or whatever for a long time before she'll be, start screaming because she's hungry. Allegra, like, when she wakes up, she's screaming because she's hungry. (laughs) And even she gets mad if you take the time to change her diaper before you feed her because she doesn't want to wait. So they started sleeping through the night around three and a half months and I wish I had a magic trick I could tell you as to how this happened but I didn't really do much (laughs) it just kind of started happening I think the thing that I did to help control it I did read baby wise and I would not say that I followed it to the T by any stretch but I thought the things that they said in there made a lot of sense and basically their whole approach is you know you want to try and schedule your kids because they do well with schedules and so you just need to try and be in control if they start screaming at an inappropriate time for food first of all make sure they're screaming for food and second of all kind of judge whether or not you should give it to them to try and keep them to some extent on the schedule and I really think at its core they have they make a lot of sense so anyway what I tried to do was stick to some kind of a regular schedule in the beginning they were eating every two and a half to three hours all the time around the clock and when we started getting a little bit of space in the feeding so they'd get to three and a half sometimes they would go four hours then what I started doing was making those long stretches at night so in the morning you know they wake up and then from morning until evening I would just always give them food every two and a half to three hours even though they weren't necessarily screaming for it so then at night since they could go longer between feeding sometimes they would take the long stretches at night, just because I wouldn't give them a long stretch during the day. And I think that's what happened. That's how it worked. Because eventually, those longer stretches just getting a l- started getting a little longer, a little longer. They started eating more at each feeding during the day, which gave them more stamina at night. And the one time when it, a- the first time it happened, we were on a family trip to Florida. This was the craziest thing. My grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary was this year and my mom really wanted all of us I have two other sisters and the one sister has two boys and both sisters are married so she wanted the whole family to go down to Disney World with my grandparents they live in Florida um, but we rented a big house so all of us could stay in this huge house which was totally cool with its own heated pool and jacuzzi and it was a really cool format it was actually cheaper than doing hotel rooms so we go down there with the girls the girls are two months old We flew with them, which was actually a complete breeze. They were just perfect little sleeping angels on the plane both ways. We took them to Disney, which was crazy. I mean, what a waste of time. Um, (laughs) We took them swimming for their first time. But what happened was they, well, first of all, I think they were completely zonked out because we were doing all this crazy running around with them. Then in addition to that, I don't remember which night it was, but it was one of the later nights, maybe like three or four nights into the trip, And Allegra started screaming for food two hours after they ate. It was the last feed of the night that I was waiting to give them. And I said, you know what, I was tired and I said, you know what, they're hungry, let's just give it to them. I don't care that it's early. So we gave it to them and they both slept eight hours. Which was a big jump, like, I mean, the most I had been getting was five and a half, six hours at that point. And we were like, what happened? (laughs) So I call that the double feeding. So I started instituting the double feeding immediately as a regular thing, and we still do it today. So the last two feedings at night are always two hours apart, and they're full feedings two hours apart. Now, it took us probably about a week to get them to take a full feeding at that second feeding because, you know, they weren't used to eating like that. Well, now they expect it. It took us probably two weeks at the minimum to get them really used to this whole process. And then finally, like that's it. At the end of two weeks, they were sleeping regularly for eight hours. And we'd put them to bed at ten and they'd get up around six o'clock. And then slowly six o'clock turned into six thirty and then six thirty turned into seven and seven turned into seven thirty and sometimes they'd sleep as late as nine. So then I decided, okay, well we need to back up the start of bedtime because I wanna recapture my evenings at some point. So we just fed them at 9 o'clock one night. We did 7 and 9 instead of 8 and 10 as those last two feedings, and that worked. Now, they woke up an hour earlier in the morning, so we we were basically, at the time, we were going 10 to 7.30. So once we dropped them to 9, they'd go 9 to 6.30, which was fine. And then after a week or so, they were back up to 9 to 7.30, and that's where we are now. And actually, the past two mornings, Allegra's woken up at 9, so she's going 9 to 9. But that's weird because it throws off my whole schedule because Ramsey eats early and then Allegra eats late, and I don't like that. So I've been trying to be more disciplined about waking Allegra up close to when Ramsey gets up because I usually just feed Ramsey, you know, when she wakes up, and then and which is usually anywhere between, like, let's say 6.30 and 8. And then the second feeding's at 10 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m., 7 p.m., and 9 p.m. So coming up shortly, we're gonna start ratcheting back. I think we're gonna start trying to put him bed at 8:30. We'll see how it goes. Ramsey started eating rice. Well, they both started eating rice like a week and a half ago, and Allegra did it the first couple days by herself because Ramsey's been having potential allergy issues, so we didn't want to like mix anything with with her. And Allegra did okay the first couple days, and then she started really, like, not liking it. Anytime you'd sit her in the high chair, you could get a bite or two into her, and she'd just start screaming, and she just wanted the bottle because we've been feeding them, like, right at 6.45, 7 p.m. We'll feed them the rice, so it's time for them to eat. And Allegra just doesn't want to have any distraction from that bottle. She's such, like, a crazy bottle feeder. She, like, grips that bottle, like... You know, you are not taking it out of her hands, and she sucks it down really fast. Like She's really into it. So we might just have to start trying to feed her the rice at a different time when she's not expecting the bottle. But for the meantime, we've taken a couple days off because we want to just kind of get her away from the experience. But we've gotten over, at least I think we've gotten over, Ramsey's allergy problem, which was she has always had cradle cap very badly and then it started slowly spreading over her arms and legs and in Florida we saw like a big change when we took her swimming like everything cleared up um, and then we got back from Florida and things started getting worse progressively we went to the doctor for a checkup and he's like this is really out of control so he switched me to soy formula for her in case she was having a milk allergy he said don't feed her the rice in case she's having some kind of food allergy I was using a little bit of cortisone on the rash which would make it calm down but it's steroids you know I didn't want to go over it, with it but the doctor said it was fine to use the cortisone as long as like he gave me parameters of how often but it was a lot more often than I was using it so I started being more aggressive with cortisone he also prescribed me this new lotion called mimics which is I'm not really sure if it was created for radiation rash or if it was created for um, eczema rash and then they found that it worked for the other, but either way, it's prescribed for both issues. So that seems like it's not doing any harm. I'm not sure it's doing any good. The cortisone really seems to be what keeps things under control. We also started using Selsun Blue shampoo with her. That seems to be helping some. I stopped using fabric softener altogether. I really think that's been the key, just because when I finally got enough loads of laundry through so that you know all of the clothes had no fabric softener on them, That's when it seemed like things really started to clear up. Now, I might be wrong, but I think that's the variable that really switched things. So, anyway, we've since moved her back onto the regular formula and we started with the rice. And Ramsey loves the rice. She will eat like half of one of those custard cups full of the rice cereal in like, you know, 15 minutes. I mean, she just loves it. She sticks her tongue out, she opens her mouth up wide, she's like all over it. It's pretty cool. So, we actually have the girls sleeping together in the same crib, which is, I don't know. A big topic of debate among twin parents, I guess. Um, some people like never do it, and some people do it for three months, and then they say, "Oh, you have to split them up at three months because they'll get too used to each other." And some people do it until they're in to beds. And my mother-in-law, who's a twin, said she slept with her sister in the same crib or bed until they were in high school. And actually, I've got this neighbor friend who has twin boys who are um, a little over three years old, and she's like been my guide and was coaching me on breastfeeding and all this other stuff. And she kept her kids in a crib together, I think, for about nine months. So we're just going to keep going until it seems like they're really in each other's way. Right now, they don't even really seem to wake each other up. Because Ramsey gets up a lot earlier in the morning than Allegra does, if I let Allegra sleep. And Ramsey will be sitting there screaming, and Allegra's just passed out. She doesn't care. And they're all, like, up in each other's, like, they twist around and you know one kid's head is in the other kid's stomach or whatever and they're kicking each other and they really don't seem to care <laughs> so um... as long as that continues to work we'll, we'll keep going with that we do have another crib ready it's not set up we have a, a day bed in the room with them which was really nice when they were having the middle of the night feedings so you know i don't know we'll just play that by year and see how things go so um, <laughs> I guess I can talk a little bit about me and my husband and things that have been going on with us since the girls have been born. Um, I was a software engineer and my husband is a software engineer. We actually met at work and we don't work for the same company any longer. But the plan was that I was going to try and go back to work, believe it or not, (laughs) um, 10 hours a week working from home at three months. And we had, I had many discussions with my boss about this. This is what, you know, everybody was on board with this. This is what we were going to do. And there's actually a woman in the office who is currently doing something similar. And it was working out great. So three weeks before I was supposed to return to work and start doing this 10 hours a week, which, by the way, I wanted to do more to kind of keep my foot in the door, have a little bit of intellectual stimulation, um, It really wasn't about money. It was just more about kind of keeping an adult life for myself a little bit. But hopefully it was a small enough amount of time that, you know, I'm still a stay-at-home mom, and it wasn't going to interfere with any of that. So anyway, three weeks before I was about to go back, the parent company of my company decided they were selling off my division. And I think that had a little bit to do with this, but basically at the same time my boss had been promoted. He was a developer, a software engineer in my department. He'd been promoted, so he lost himself as a developer and then one of the other senior guys switched departments, So he lost two full-time people, and we're only about 10 people big to begin with. And they told him that they weren't going to let him replace those two positions. So he basically could kind of keep me on part-time, or if I left, then he could hire somebody to replace me. So he, he basically said, you know, if you can commit to me that you will come back full-time at some point, you know, the next year or so. I will let you do this and, you know, I'll basically hold the position for you. And I said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, we basically just came to the agreement, I guess, that it just wasn't going to work. That's does actually turned out to be okay because I've gotten a little bit of consulting work on the side, which is less stress because I'm my own boss and I can kind of schedule it better for myself. So, I mean, I don't know, They're still they still have deadlines. So... There's still deadlines in there, but to me, I I think it's less stressful than it would have been, but I might be wrong. Um, But it's at least working out. I have work to do. I have something stimulating to do. It's keeping me in the field, and we do bonus, get some extra money on the side. So Dan and I have been, I would say, you know, we're probably having all the kind of regular new parent struggles. We have skirmishes over who's going to wake up with the girls in the morning, and if one of them starts screaming in the middle of the night we've had a few episodes of that especially with allegra she'll just you know three o'clock in the morning start wailing for no reason and usually you can just stick her in like the swing and she'll go back to sleep and sleep until morning but um, i've tried to be very careful about a we do not feed her (laughs) because i don't want to start slipping back into feedings in the middle of the night and b if it happens for two days in a row then I'm like more strict about okay she doesn't get to go in the swing you can pick her up and calm her down but put her back in the crib and that usually that'll kill the the event for this time being anyway we've had that kick up a few times but so far we've been able to squash it before it's become a problem so anyway what else um... we are <laughs> trying to eat like normal people I'd say we probably have way more pizza than we should because <laughs> it's easy and we you know we've gone out on probably what like two dates since the babies have been born once when we were in florida my parents volunteered to take both of our kids and both of my sister's kids she has a three-year-old son and at the time i guess a six-month-old son so they took all four of them for like five hours and the four of us went out to dinner and to see a concert and I, god bless them because when we came back man they looked like <laughs> they were gonna tear their hair out um but that was one day night and then uh just a couple weeks ago my husband the sweetie that he is remembered that it was the anniversary of our engagement which was july 2nd and that is probably the last things on my mind of all things you know he remembers this anniversary that i don't remember and he set up for his mom to come over and babysit the girls and he got us dinner reservations and dessert reservations at the melting pot and had this whole evening set up it was really nice and it was such like a great break so i'm getting a little more confidence with Leaving them, I just feel like I'm like dumping this huge burden on somebody because it's hard. If both of those girls are screaming, it really like gets at you, <laughs> and I just I feel like I'm burdening these people. So I'm getting a little more comfortable with that, and um, hopefully we have two babysitters that are kind of at our disposal. So hopefully. I'll feel comfortable enough, you know, using a babysitter. I feel more comfortable, I think, with two babysitters because I just worry that, especially a kid who's like 16 and, you know, has done babysitting but has not done two infant babysitting at the same time, you know, it's just, I can see it being overwhelming and I don't want to make it overwhelming. I want them to come back. <laughs> Uh, especially because we live out in the middle of nowhere so it would take us even if they called and were scared because something happened it would take us some time to get back and on and on so anyway hopefully I'll get more comfortable with that we've been basically staying up way later than we should be saying because we get the girls to bed at nine now and we'll stay up till like midnight usually at least because at least that's some time when we can just hang out and watch tv and talk about what happened at work and you know it's it's hard because even though it's not like we have to you know watch our conversation around the girls they're infants they don't understand what we're saying but <laughs> we we just don't talk about stuff you know, that's going on at work, stuff that's going on with us when the girls are around. We've got too much other stuff going on. So that's tough, and, you know, I'd say it's definitely they say that having kids is the most stressful time. I definitely say it's stressful and especially, you know, it used to annoy me that he didn't put his shirt in the hamper, but now it's like, God, the last thing I need is one more piece of work to do. Like I'm just constantly doing housework and washing bottles and changing diapers and I just, and a baby is screaming the whole time and it just, my nerves go crazy. I just, I can't even explain when sometimes the girls are just being fussy and they're being fussy and there's not much you're going to do to to make them calm other than pick them up and you can't pick them both up and I gotta get the bottles washed or whatever so you're just listening to them whine and I just the feeling inside of me it's unbelievable (laughs) I just it's so unnerving and it just eats on me so it's so stressful to feel like that during the day and at night because then because then you know Dan will be maybe he is taking care of one of the girls but the other girls fussing or whatever I just it's just hard you know It would be nice to get away from that a little bit more often. Um, But thank God they're sleeping because at least the evenings, you know, I've got that dedicated time. I also have, right now, is nap time in the afternoons. I always have this dedicated, usually it's at least two hours, where they sleep together in the crib and I can do my own thing. During the morning, they both nap, but I have not established a set nap time yet. And that's just because I haven't, not because... They wouldn't do it. I think they would do it if I set it up. So, I guess I'll wrap this up for the first episode. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to those podcasts that have inspired me to do this. Um, First of all, A Parent's Diary. They have twin boys and a new baby girl now, and they have a podcast along the same lines where it's just an audio diary of their life. I also used to listen to Who's Your Daddy, which has sadly gone off the air now, and they were just very funny and talked about. Um, parenting stuff, more from the guy's point of view obviously. I also listen to Manic Mommies which is hilarious and they talk about all kinds of crazy mom problems. Also baby time which was kind of neat because their son was born I think like six weeks or so before the girls were born so they were just ahead of us on most issues and still are just ahead of us on most issues so it's neat to hear what's going to come up next for us. So I guess that's about all. My website is doubletroublepodcast.blogspot.com and my email address is doubletroublepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So please feel free to come visit the website or send me an email. Thanks for listening.